Hi everybody. Welcome to episode 13 of Spoken Word with Electronics. Tonight's episode is titled, Behold, Massospora, the insect pandemic that turned cicadas into uncontrollable sex maniacs. And I'm going to tell you about it. And if you think we have the best pandemic going right now, last year's pandemic was much more exciting. It turned cicadas into sex maniacs. I think COVID might be turning people into sex maniacs themselves too, just in a different way, the result of being inside. If there has ever been a better better moment for uh, monogamy here, having a mate versus an open lifestyle, I think COVID right now is enjoying that. I'm not a moralist, but you do make your decisions with sex, and it's funny that uh, COVID era is all about team monogamy, you know? No telling. No telling how people who like the, uh, a lot of multiple partner sex are getting through right now. Maybe they're starting to just sort of have the same set of multiple partners. But if you uh, have an active and enjoyable sex life with partner variety or with a stranger, then please tell me about it. I'd be interested in how you're handling it. Tonight's episode is on the sounds of electronic insects. Fun topic. Made a fun drum beat this week. I'd like to just talk about bugs in nature for most of this episode. Humans have been, of course, tough news lately. Even watching the news is painful, let alone receiving any of the actual battery going around. I do have some thoughts on this, of course, but I'll leave it for the end of the show. So, for most of this episode, I'll jump right into the beauty and calm of the bugs, birds, nature, and peace. I'm not sure I've ever seen a bug slam another bug to the ground to assert the rule of another bug. I have seen a red wasp devour the head of a cicada, however, and that'll be discussed in an anti-wasp piece. I'm very sick of these red wasps. They do terrible things to cicadas, and the story that I will tell you will make you disgusted with red wasps too. So much so, you might develop a uh, prejudice against red wasps. But we are supposed to be better than bugs. So, I mean, I I don't even know if I would call red wasps a fascist. They're certainly a totalitarian state in the insect world. And they are really lazy wasps. If you ever see a red wasp, you're like... Who would trust that guy? They clearly are interested in controlling the rest of the bugs through fear. And they do some messed up stuff that I'll tell you about regarding red wasps. And I in no way want to make that a metaphor to any political presence in America right now that could be, in fact, proceeding on a similar level. This is just about red wasps and there's no political metaphors whatsoever because this is an episode on insects. 
calm, beautiful insects. So let's get back to it. Some wonderful insect noises and sounds and feelings. If you're not into talking about the wonder of the world, uh, you can jump to the closing track for this week, an editorial entitled America, What the Fuck is Going On Right Now? The sides A and B this week will be demonstrations, not the protest sort, but just electronic uh, demonstrations of how to make insect noises with electronics. My studio has been built partly to do this. It's sort of an automaton in certain ways, and I can make it sound like an engine or a, a loud loom. Um, I can do a pretty good dryer, clothing dryer and even electronic uh, clothes bashing around inside the dryer itself. And I can do impressive fake insects. And uh, makes me very happy to make insect noises with the electronics in this room. I'll go over a small tutorial on how to do that. And this week we are using a new mixer that's a part of the room. It's a passive mixer and it's also a matrix mixer. It's a Rucci is the brand, R-U-C-C-I, 4x4 matrix mixer. And I've never encountered a nicer mixer for dropping down modular signals to line level. And... Uh, it's just beautiful sounding and it's completely passive which means no power so all the insect noises you'll be hearing through the night or the day whenever you are listening to this episode are transferred through that wonderful little mixer so now let's enjoy this new matrix mixer from Ruchi Electronics it's quite lovely uh, sides A and B this week will be demonstrations on how to make insect noises, as I've said. And for now, let's begin with some quiet, mellow breathing. We're going to be meditating. We're becoming one with the universe and all that wonderful nature shit. Take a mind dip into the surreality of something called bug logic bug 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 logic bug logic bug bug logic bug logic you ever think to yourself i wonder what spirits are in the trees you might be inclined to think this in particular if you're hallucinating and you might also be able to think this when you're young. But the space between the age where you start considering psychedelics, and it should, I think, reasonably be after you're 18, but some people start earlier. But the space between that, when you're hallucinating, and when you're young, is without such a sense of wonder often. Apparently we stop sensing what we believe against what we are taught to believe. I mean, adolescence is weird. It, it pretty much really hedges this off, you know, in most people. I think adolescence teaches you to blunt your feelings a lot more than we realize. Everyone says adolescence is such a sensitive time in somebody's life. But it's also sort of the time of, like, killing your childhood. You're so eager to be a an adult. 
And so even if as a young person you had a magical way of viewing the world, your assessment of that would probably be that you're, you know, you were a baby, you're dumb. You want to be an adult. You are no longer going to wonder uh, what spirits are in the trees. So what really happens is it becomes a lifelong process to go back to a sensing self if you begin later in life. I've mentioned Jason Molina in a previous episode. Love Jason Molina. And there's a great book entitled Jason Molina Riding with the Ghost. And that is written by Aaron Osman. And Osman describes how rather regularly Jason Molina saw ghosts pretty much all his life. It's said in the book that this began as a very young child and his earliest memory is described as seeing an older man near his home that neither his brother nor his dad saw and they were all there and I believe it. You'll, uh, you'll believe it too if you listen to Jason Molina's music. Sometimes the unseen is right in front of you so long as you can't be taught to not see it and once you have been taught you need to see beyond the filter and that takes work too I find some insects to appear as spirits in a way and so part of today's episode will be on cicadas cicadas have such a massive sound they literally make the world seem like it's breathing an oven baking wind when you're surrounded by them if you're ever sitting out at a park with people in Texas in Austin during the summer and you hear the cicadas you don't think you're listening to bugs you think you're hearing the heat it's an amazing sound these things make so let's get down to it but first these headlines and I'm going to make these headlines only specific to being in the home that I'm living in because I don't really leave it <laughs> very often presently. And uh, so I thought I would have a very specific uh, set of headlines here for just, you know, being at the house. What's been going on? Item number one. Lizard lovemaking. Scandal of the week. My wife caught two lizards having sex this week. They were on our backyard fence, clear in the light of day, just banging it out. I wanted to see, and she told me not to look. She pushed me away. <laughs> she wouldn't lie to me about this, though. I had a lot of questions, and certainly I would have liked to get a video. But she cares about lizard intimacy, and she protected them from my prying eyes and digital recorders. I mentioned this must be what it means to be on the fence about something. So now when I'm undecided on a perspective, instead of saying I'm on the fence about this issue, I'm going to say I'm sort of like two lizards having sex on this issue. I think this is how James Madison must have envisioned the government of the United States when he was giving birth to the American Constitution. America, James Madison said, is just like two fat lizards making love on a plank of wood. I wonder about insect meditation, just like our meditating lizards. 
See, she wouldn't even let me look. I don't know if it looks like lizards are just meditating when they're doing it. I don't know if they, they have the funny little humping... <laughs> humping gesture or something. I don't know, uh, because my wife uh, wouldn't let me watch the, the lizards having sex on our fence. <laughs> That's headline number one this week. I was... Uh, um, last week I was censored by, by Facebook, but this week I was censored by my wife. I could not watch two lizards having sex. <laughs> I'm sort of on the fence about it. Perhaps I should meditate on it. I think cicadas are king level meditators. They are a little loud about it, but the drone of a pack of them is one of the nicest of sounds. There's a lot of options involved in being a human, but it seems like mindfulness is left to the lizards and the cicadas. The cats, too, of course, have this, and birds, and then birds of prey. They're meditating all the day as predators, owls especially. Item number two, meditation. Been getting increasingly political these last few episodes. I don't see a need to mellow that out, but this week a peaceful walk outside amongst the trees will be our focus. I like to meditate when I can. That's a pretentious way of shutting your eyes when you're awake. And to do this in a way that allows thoughts to go in and out. And an easy way to do this is just to shut your eyes, have some space, and focus on one small word. It can be any word you want. Or maybe if you're a more visual person, a single picture of something peaceful in your mind. It doesn't need to be something literal like a word or a picture. I tried to find a dot in the dark of my mind, to be honest. It's almost a visualization gesture, but if my eyes are shut and my breathing is calm and I look forward to the center, I can visualize a small white dot and it will always sort of move around once I see it, so then I have to sort of hold that white dot. And I try and hold into this pinhole fragment and I just stare at it, you know. There's a lot of judder there, but the more I stare at it, the more focused and controlled it gets can trigger some other thoughts and visions it's just sort of a way to shut my brain down to go into that space and very quickly you know I start going elsewhere and that's meditation it feels really good there's tons of ways to get to that state so you can just try it at home it's harmless <laughs> Harmless uh, recreational drug habit. Just sit down and try meditating. And you can get a drug-like state from it. I have to breathe very carefully and consistently. And eventually other thoughts emerge and I'm no longer aware of breathing or anything like that. And sometimes it'll blend into other visions. It's a good trick to try and do, meditating. We have some big uh, problems to solve right now. Everybody got to be a part of it, and maybe, you know, meditating can help you. It's very restorative. After some practice, you can get there in as fast as 10 minutes. Uh, binaural beats are a pretty good way to 
cover your head with headphones to sort of surround the space with pulsing kind of pro-meditative mood. Look up binaural beats if you've never encountered them. Most of you have, I'm sure, though. They're awesome. Uh, Occasionally, uh, with binaural beats and meditation, this can lead to lucid dreaming. Which is really wild. You can add a a visualizer for this. I have a couple of these, and I really, really like the uh, MindPlace Casina. And I should mention the MindPlace Casina is a visualizer. It's goggles that you put on your head that blink two sets of six LEDs in separate eyes. You can have uh, colors pulse at you in a certain way, and they're very, almost by design, hallucination uh, causing. It's the Mind Place Casino. And it's changed my life. Oh my golly. Um, I mentioned quitting drinking. I had that one hour special. But one of the tools that kept me from drinking was that kind of meditation toy. I was doing a lot of CBD oil before I got the casino. And that was hit or miss. It wouldn't calm my brain down to the point where I could just go to sleep without wanting uh, wanting a nightcap or something. But this uh, casino thing, man, it's, uh, it's intense. I mean, there's a couple um, of them that feel like you're on a roller coaster. And I did try it one night with mushrooms. That was hilarious. It was kind of funny because a lot of times when I take mushrooms, um, I no longer can take mushrooms. So I can only look back at my experiences taking mushrooms. But the last time I did, I used the, uh, I was like, let me put on the Casino Mind Place helmet or goggles. They're just sunglasses with LEDs going off on them and attached to a big uh, iPad or iPod looking square. And it's a joy to sort of work with that interface too because it's really clicky but it looks just like an old iPod. (laughs) It's a badass system. I'm not mocking it, but, and, uh, I love it. I mean, right now I have so many positive experiences associated to that block that when I look at it, I'm just buoyant and happy. So that's how I feel about meditation. I like to think that lizards and other outdoor creatures are in a constant state of this meditation. But what about memories or dreams? One example I heard all the time growing up, you dream in black and white. I love black and white movies and would love to dream like this even once. A crime noir lit dream would be wonderful, for example. But all my dreams are always in color. They have always been in color. I wonder also if uh, this uh, idea about dreams being in black and white started when movies or film were only in black and white as uh, there's a transporting quality of seeing a film, and maybe if the only films you were ever seeing was in the theater, maybe that influenced you on such a heavy level that you dreamt in black and white. Sadly, I don't think we can repeat this thought experiment because the world is far beyond black and white films or even need to go to a theater to see a movie. So the dominance of black and white films is head honchos and influencers on our subconscious are long gone. But it's a wonderful idea to think that we used to dream in black and white because that was the color of the movies. 
red wasps. So I, th- I was talking some shit about red wasps earlier. Let's get to it, motherfuckers. Here's a short story for this episode. I was talking about my growing prejudice against red wasps. And here's why. I titled this, Those Motherfucking Red Wasps Are Killing All My Cicadas and Laying Their Eggs in Their Cicadas' Skulls. Those motherfucking red wasps are killing my cicadas and laying their eggs in the cicadas' exposed brains as food for their babies. One of the pleasures of living in Austin is you get cicadas every year. Some cities only get them 15 or 20 years or so. But they're a native part to Austin and they are the sound of summer. Austin doesn't really have seasons with weather, but we do have seasons with insects. So it's kind of nice to have cicada season. When my wife and I moved into our current residence, I was sad to realize there were no cicadas in our backyard. You'd hear them in the home next door and in the trees along the street, but we were muted. Having had cicadas in my Texas backyard for a decade or so, I felt this to be a state's rights issue. If I was in Texas, I had a right to my cicadas, and I felt very robbed of that. But I then found the reason as to why we had no cicadas. Instead, we had red wasps. Fucking hate red wasps. Red wasps are relatively non-aggressive wasps, but they're not without their bad habits. They will terrify you as they are about four times larger than yellow jacket wasps. And they are territorial, so they tend to hover. Uh, Think of a large wasp with the body of a giant red ant and big wings. You know, they can grow to be about the size of your thumb. Think about a wasp that big. And they do sting. They don't sting as bad as yellow jackets. Yellow jackets are really uh, enemy number one with me in terms of my wasp prejudice. Fucking hate yellow jackets. When they sting, it feels like a tattoo needle going over, you know, wherever they choose to attack you. I believe yellow jackets are technically referred to as paper wasps, which somehow even makes them more unsettling. And in Texas, red wasps are called cicada killers. The reason they have this nickname is because they kill a cicada and then lay eggs in the cicada's head as food for the baby red wasps when they hatch. I find this very offensive as cicadas are truly beautiful and red wasps are ugly asshole monsters from hell. If you've developed a similar prejudice for the red wasp problem in America, you might be interested in what I do to deal with them. I don't like poisons. I prefer to just be a nuisance. So I got rid of the red wasps by smacking their hives with a broom at every opportunity. It's uh, A broom is a good weapon against the red wasp they will come at you but they (laughs) but they can't really miss a broom the way other uh other insects can easily miss a broom so basically i trained my red wasps not to attack me by smacking them with a broom over and over but i still wanted the red wasps out because i wanted some cicadas so soapy water is a good defense as it makes them unable to fly And so it didn't take too long for the wasps uh, to see a better opportunity for them to just stop harassing me 
and instead live free of harassment themselves across the road at an unincorporated tree. So now that tree across the street has no cicadas. But I have cicadas. I put out a sign in our front yard telling cicadas there was vacancy and that the red wasps have been evicted. I'm sure this sign helped. So the cicadas felt safer and after a few seasons our trees recovered and now I can hear cicadas happily in the backyard night and day during the summer. But they really sound beautiful during the night because the night is still and then you will hear them. Very beautiful, cicadas are great. Cicadas and music. In 1996, uh, Trevor Wishart, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, or Wiseheart, published a book called On Sonic Art. There he thought wistfully about cicadas and music. He describes the sound cicadas make as an acoustic device where their timbals, which is their exoskeleton, are crinkled by a large set of attached muscles. He comments these muscle contractions are, in turn, activated by nerve impulses sent out by the cicada's brain. It can be demonstrated that the sound of a particular species of cicada will vary according to particular situations. For example, a cicada will make different noises for threat or sexual arousal or happiness, etc. He concludes, in this sense, the different signals can be taken to indicate the cicada's state. But he questions his own statement and asks, is this signal something that the cicada intends to indicate? And then he feels that, regardless of intent, it likely still affects other cicadas' moods. Even in humans, he points out, certain acoustic utterances may be taken to indicate the state of our mind, but they are not necessarily voluntary omissions or utterances. To end, to describe this, what happens when we hear someone laughing? <laughs> Against our conscious will, we often find ourselves laughing back. He concludes that here a signal has triggered a response which is outside the control of the cicada's conscious intent. Laughter does this for humans, and so does yawning. There's a chance me even saying yawning has triggered a yawn in you. <sighs> right? Did that make you yawn? David Lynch says uh, the same about crying. That it goes beyond the screen as a connection. That if you cry in a film, people feel it. Like they are having a cry with the character. So it can be in a way where... Uh, a lot like cicadas in the way that we control one another or influence each other. Ann Squire wrote about cicadas in 2003. She mentioned, quote, some think that a part of the cicada's brain works as a kind of clock, counting down the years until it is time for the insect to emerge. This is an idea about it being in other parts of the world that don't have cicadas every year. How does a cicada know to come out of the earth every 15 years? She suggests that they have this clock, a little timer, and that's what you're hearing. 
That's a nice idea. Clocking in time is, of course, a key component of music, and there's a lot to discuss about these wonderful cicada creatures. <laughs> 